The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I am Dr. James Payne. And we are super, super, super excited to have you back with us for another exciting episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. Yes, this season is like getting a little intense for me. Okay. Like we are getting, you know, into the nitty gritty. I feel like... It's a little living room-ish, which is a dangerous place for us. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're, we're the life and leadership part is, is coming alive. Like we're talking, I think this year and all that's going on in the world is just making Mm. us a little more comfortable and a little more irreverent. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Okay. I hadn't necessarily uh, seen that, but you, okay. Well, I that's kind of how I'm feeling. We're, we're outside of my comfort zone um, a little bit, but I'm excited about it. I'm just like, you know, we're just, this is life, love, and leadership. And so we're talking about all the things. Yes. Keep it raw. Keep it real. Keep it relevant. <laughs> that, keep was it our, that was our commitment because that's what real love is, mm. you know, like, um, social drama, gossip, politics, yeah. you know, in your household, it's all the stuff, you know, and um, I feel like that's what's happening. So if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, a word of advice. There is a lot of laughter in this podcast, but there's a lot of um, there's teaching in this podcast usually and just randomness, a lot of shenanigans as well. But we do recommend you get a notebook um, so that you can catch the nuggets when they fly um, and the resources and the tools and all that jazz. Um, we also give homework this season and um, we go live on Thursdays on the Successful Marriages Facebook page. So join us for continuation of the conversation and subscribe and share and follow and all that stuff. Don't keep it to yourself. So uh, what's the big idea today, hubby? Well, today we're going to be talking about the healthy side of conflict and why it's right for your relationship uh, that sometimes things go left. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's right that things go left. Sometimes. Look at you. How yeah. long you, see you, you see what I did right there? You see what I did right there? You see what I did right there? So you're saying conflict is good? Conflict is great. Conflict is excellent for your marriage relationship. Uh, it's some great nutritional benefits associated with conflict, and I can't wait to unpack it. Wow, that sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, but before we get into that, one of the staples of this show we'll never deviate from is I got to know what's going on in that pretty head of yours. Baby, what's on your mind today? (laughs) What's on my mind today? (laughs) I'm laughing already because this is random, Mm. extremely random, and I don't think it has any nutritional value (laughs) at all. Um. But I was just thinking about you and texting me when I go to the bathroom in public places. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess the reason that I text you, I mean, it's not, it's because you take a long time. And we have something in our house we call poop protocol. You want to talk about poop protocol? 
Okay, I'll tell the people about poop protocol. So poop <laughs> protocol suggests that when we are transitioning in the you know public spaces, I can't believe you, I brought this up. <laughs> you do what you need to do quickly so we can keep it moving. This, this is not a resting place. This is a quick and let's go. Is that what you think poop protocol is? That's how I see poop protocol. <laughs> so poop protocol is. I think poop protocol. It well, yes, and. That you at least let somebody know that, you know, you going for a poop so that we, you know, know it's going to be maybe a little minute so mm. that, you know, you're not doing that. I wonder where so-and-so is, what happened to so-and-so kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, but you you spend so much time like in airport restrooms. I'm like, are she, is she alive? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel well, like... I feel like literally every time I go into a public restroom, you text me and you're like, are you okay? Or like, and I'm just like, I'm in the bathroom. You saw me go in the rest. It's it's only so many things I could be doing in here. Like, like, I appreciate the love, but like. It's just the time frame for me. That's all. So, <laughs> what could I possibly be doing in here? That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's time to go. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. And I don't know if other people's bows are like this or not, but you have these quirks that have, you know, like you sit on the end, on, you know, you have to like, quote unquote, guard the aisle mm-hmm. at the movies or is the movie, are the movies going to survive this? Uh, great question. Uh, possibly. We'll find out together. That's, I'm, that's a squirrel, right? But I've been yeah. thinking about, you know, the movie theaters opening back up mm. and, you know, now the movies are going like straight to stream. Yep. So I'm I'm worried about the movie theaters. I'm not worried about the movie theaters. I actually prefer to watch films in my house. So So why wouldn't you be worried about the movie theaters? That's a reason to be worried then. Uh no, because I think so this streaming vein is always going to keep expanding. So it's just a matter of time before theaters in my estimation are defunct altogether. I think that's sad. I don't think I mean So what's the first date's going to be now? Uh Netflix and chill. <laughs> What are, what is that's a whole nother episode. What are people doing for their dates? Like you can only zoom so much. Mm. So what are the creative date nights? Date by Zoom. You know, how are people getting to know this is like so rant like I said. Okay, so anyway. So really nothing is on your mind. <laughs> you ain't got you nothing on your mind. You go the aisle, you um you never sit in restaurants with your back to the door. Um there's just all these like random nuances that you have that I have to like adapt to. And that I just been thinking about that because you just kind of had one recently. And that's what I was thinking about. Okay. And Um, I was just wondering if other people have those things too. hmm. So on Thursday, I'm hoping people will share that I'm not alone if their partner does weird things like that. That's not weird. I think you don't understand um, you know, what I do to keep you safe and protected and guarded and that sort of thing. Gotcha. So I'm the captain and chief of security. I think in, you watch too many house. action movies and you think <laughs> like, you know, because it's like always a fight in the bathroom, you mm. know, like slamming up against the mirror and stuff like that. Is that what you think is happening to me in the bathroom? No, I just want to make sure you're alive. <laughs> Again. I'm like, did she fall in? What's the deal? You're you're giving half of it, but Have you're not I giving. Have ever not come out of the bathroom? <laughs> 
It's happened. You've come out. Yes. I always come out. So why are you It may always be 60 minutes me. later, but I'm going to come out. out. It's nowhere else I could be. I'm unless testing I, you because you know, I want you, you to know it's taking me and too I went long. through the little bathroom window or I escaped in the ceiling. Like, what are the options here? What goes in must come out. <laughs> but you're right. It's not a lot on my mind this week. <laughs> it's nothing on your mind this week. Absolutely nothing. How about you? You got something exciting to share? So what's on my mind this week uh, is my vision change. (laughs) And I'm going through the change where I'm kind of playing with my glasses. Uh, I need them for distance, uh, but I don't need them for things up close. And I'm vacillating between when to make the step into the bifocals. I have been telling you this for how many years? But I don't want to do it. It's the problem because I think when you step into bifocals, you're officially accepting the fact that you're old. And I don't want to accept it yet. What does old mean? Old means you need old people glasses. The presidential candidates are like all pushing 80. True. Now, well, yeah. All, both of the presidential candidates are, are pushing 80. Yes. Facts. Is that quote unquote old? Yes, that's old. So are you pushing 80? I'm not. So why are we having this conversation? Because bifocals, though. Um, I just remember my dad wearing bifocals and just kind of thinking about what that step looks like. Like if you the amount of time that you lose lifting your glasses and putting them back on your face for stuff (laughs) is like. You could get that. T- you can't get that time back. You know, I don't really see it as a time waster because it happens really quick. Uh, and you would need to do some level of transition, even with bifocals, right? In terms Multiple of looking down, times looking up. a minute or like in an hour, you could track. I wish you could like see your. I, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had like a video of ourselves? Because mm. like we go through this all the time. Like I might, I'm like, Oh babe, look at this. And you're like up and down, up and down. That's mm-hmm. actually why I did it because like grocery shopping, you know, I'm like putting them on to see down the aisle. And then when I get to the label, I'm like, it was just exhausting. So mm-hmm. I just went on and did it. Got it. Got it. So that's what's on my mind thinking about when to make the change. Uh, I'm getting close. I'm about 70% there to making the change. But for right now, I'm going to keep on taking these bad boys off and putting them back on as needed and necessary. So in three years, maybe we'll. we'll mm, let's go 10. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, so we are going to switch to the fight of the week. Mm. And yep. I do love you. I just want to make it clear that I love you because I feel like I'm nitpicking on you a little bit this week. Um, Cause we're going to talk about server restaurant etiquette. Yes. <laughs> Come on, bring it. And something else that you do. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> that troubles me in restaurants. Mm-hmm. So there is restaurant protocol, right? In how you engage with your server and when there's a couple things that you do and you get upset with me for getting um, uncomfortable when you break restaurant protocol. Okay. What's the protocol that I break? So two things in particular. Okay. Number one, when the servers come t- to bring us food, 
you start asking for stuff before they even put our stuff down. Like they are, you know, giving everybody their stuff. They've given you your stuff and they still got five other meals to serve. Mm -hmm. And you like, can I get some mayonnaise? Can I get some? And I'm just like, can you? Let me stop you right there. Can you give them a minute? So Let them finish. I already asked for the mayonnaise. And so if they came back without it, I want to make sure that they remember to bring the mayonnaise. But but they still, they in the middle of serving. Like, maybe the mayonnaise is still on the tray. You ain't even let them finish presenting the stuff yet. Generally, if I ask, though, I can see what's on the tray. The mayonnaise <laughs> is not there, and I need the mayonnaise. Correct. However, can they finish presenting to everybody else? And generally, they ask... Is there anything that you need? Like, that's coming. Well, see, for me, that's the second time around because I've already <laughs> said mayonnaise. It didn't, didn't present, and now I want my mayonnaise. So that's number one. Okay. Then number two, if it didn't happen, you just grab whoever is in the restaurant walking by with a uniform on, and you just be like, can I have some mayonnaise? And I'm just like... Now, let me stop you there. That's not what I say. What I say, if it's not my server, I say... Can you grab my server for me, please? That's what you say sometimes. That's sometimes what I say. Sometimes you say, excuse me, can I have some mayonnaise? <laughs> Maybe after some time of me fussing at you about it, you may say, excuse me, can you grab my server? And then they're like, who the hell is your server? <laughs> no. And then you don't always even have the information. You like, you know... I mean, Susie with the brown hair. If they come back and they're like, was it John? I don't know. I don't work here. It was a guy in a brown shirt with a name tag, black hair. I need the person who's in this station to bring me my mayonnaise. It's that simple. So we're in the restaurant and you're doing these things. And you get upset with me for getting a little upset or uncomfortable with you doing these things? Well, I think for me, you are like, you take it to an extreme. Like I have just created this extreme faux pas, this social blunder. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. I have a need. I need the need addressed. I came here for meal experience. Something is lacking in that meal experience. I need to grab whoever works here to help me achieve the outcome that I came for, which is my meal experience. I'm sorry you don't see it that way. They're humans. I I, I don't dehumanize them. You act, there's a social <laughs> order to how this is supposed to go. A social order to mayonnaise? Yes. I need my mayonnaise. That's all I'm saying. So if I give it to you originally, you come back to the table, present me with my meal. So we agreed. They brought my meal. My mayonnaise is not included in what they brought. I want to make sure that they are cognitively aware that I'm still missing mayonnaise. So I'm still waiting to get my meal. Do I have to, they got to stop and address you and your mayonnaise before I even get my plate in front of me? When she puts all the plates down, she's going to say, is there anything else? Do you, do you agree with that? She may. She may not. Yes. So can, do you think that you can hold your peace long enough to that five more seconds to say. See, here's the problem. If you hold your peace, if you don't speak up for what you need and what you want. Uh, they will forget you and then they go and serve other stations. Then you got to grab anybody you can find. Then you get upset about that. If I grab anybody I can find, ma'am, I have an objective. I came for the meal. I didn't come 
for anything else but the meal. And when I need the accoutrements to go with my meal that are not presented and I've already stated what I needed and it didn't show up, I have to bring it back up again. I think all the servers are going to revolt against you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you deserve it. Okay, let them revolt. I'll take it out. They tip. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I, I don't even... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all I can say is I'm sorry. This is what I have to dine with. <laughs> it's the fight of every week. Not mm. every week. Yeah. I mean, I will say that we used to have the tip mm. fight. Mm-hmm. We've gotten we've gotten past that. Thank the Lord. Well, you do so, so much you better bug now. me in restaurants as well. Oh. I, I want to cut you off and oh, I want to say my piece right now. Goodness. So here's the problem I have with you. OK, we go to a restaurant. You always have to reinvent. I'm pretty the sure menu. we just did a whole episode on always and never. Most of the time you reinvent <laughs> the menu. So you never are able to order the menu. Oh, my God. I'm pretty menu. sure we just did an episode on Always oh and Never. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. Most of the time, <laughs> you always re- often. <laughs> you often reinvent the menu. And here's the problem with that. Like, the server is confused. They get like, wait, can I have uh, this with that? Can and Instead of that, can you bring me that? He's like, I got to check my manager. I, I gotta. So you delay the whole order being set in. Because you can't order what is on the menu, and that slows everything down and boxes it down. But you mad at me <laughs> because I want mayonnaise out of life, but you can't order what's on the menu, and that it's delays everything. It's on the menu. If the tomatoes come on together. this dish, then it's available because they have tomatoes in the kitchen. But then, so. but then that's an upcharge. And then he got to find out how much the upcharge is. And then he got to find out on his manager how he put it in the system. And so you got to go through all of this rigmarole just because you can't order from the menu. That ain't fair to me. That ain't fair to me. That ain't fair to me. But you mad at me over some mayonnaise. At least I do it at the appropriate time, though. Oh, I as do you it deem at appropriate time, time, right? With the appropriate person. Oh, my goodness. As you deem the appropriate time. <laughs> no, I disagree. In the social, <laughs> the appropriate social order. No, I disagree. <sighs> I disagree. But that's what bugs me most about you dining out. It's always going to be an adventure. It's never a smooth situation. It's always going to be something. I like what I like. You like what you like, but it delays the process. And that's probably why they forget to bring my mayonnaise to begin with. <laughs> Fooling around with you. But I digress. So what's the lesson in this? <laughs> <laughs> Don't dine out with your spouse. <laughs> Definitely dine out with your spouse. Demonstrate grace. Uh, demonstrate uh, uh, long suffering. But definitely dine with your spouse. Patience. 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 So what's your commitment to me and what's my commitment to you? So my commitment to you is to um, make sure that I always grab the manager when my mayonnaise didn't come. No, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm you not know gra- what we should do? We should do a better job of paying attention to who our server is. Like, and you actually teased oh, me about this. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you talking about dehumanizing people. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you don't even make eye contact with the people. 
You treat the people terribly. I do not treat anybody terribly. Okay. But I think we could do a better job at paying attention, giving them eye contact, knowing their name, Mm -hmm. you know, pausing enough to like, so that we do remember who they are and so that when we need them, we Mm -hmm. can, you know, refer to them by name and stuff like that. Yeah. So what's your commitment to me? I'm not sure because mm. I want what I, I mean, I, you know, I want what I want. Yeah. I don't know how I can adapt that. Mm. I got you. Pray about it. <laughs> you could, you just got to, you have to take me to the kind of restaurants where that's possible. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, that's just a thing, right? You say you know your personnel. So. Know your personnel. <laughs> and I mean, it's something. So he, here's the deal. You got to accept that in me. I got to accept that in you. And, and so I think the, the key takeaway is this. At the end of the day, there are things in your spouse that you have to accept. They're not necessarily deal breakers. They may be minor True. annoyances, things that kind of get on uh, that, that pinky toe nerve <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but they don't crush your whole foot. And yes. you just got to learn to live with it, accept it, and keep it moving. And so I know going anywhere with you to eat, I got to eat something before we go because it's going to take you 30 <laughs> minutes to order. <laughs> So I got to make sure I'm straight, but but know your personnel. And I understand that about you. What you have to understand about me is that ultimately I'm going to ask for what I need. If you work at this establishment, you are fair game to me. So I will do my best not to not to make you wait so long so that you're not hangry. Hmm. Because when you're hangry, you're more impatient. Hmm. But if you're not hangry, you're just hungry, then you can be a little more patient and wait for the right person. Hmm. There we go. All right, there we go. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? (laughs) So for today's big idea, I want to talk about the healthy side of conflict and why it's right for your relationship that things sometimes go left. Mm. Now, this this idea is kind of framed in uh, ideas around people often think that conflict is bad Mm -hmm. and and that conflict isn't healthy or necessary for your relationship to grow and prosper. But Mm. I completely disagree with that. Conflict has been some of the best things that ever happened to us. It matures your relationship. It helps you grow uh, and develop. So I have three things that I kind of want to talk about and unpack uh, about the benefits of conflict and the nutritional value that it adds to your relationship. So- I I like that, you know, because there are definitely people that are like, oh, we never argue. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what that means to me when you say you never argue, uh, it's impossible to be in a relationship with somebody, a serious relationship, intimate partner relationship, and not have things that you don't see eye to eye on, mm-hmm. that you have things that are uh, disagreements. And so what that says to me is they are allowing a lot of elephants to take residence in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's healthy because those elephants, you know, can just kind of stomp around and make things uncomfortable and weird uh, long term if left unaddressed. Yeah. I mean, I think people have different definitions of what it means to argue you know maybe that means they don't yell and you definitely don't have to yell or you don't have to curse to disagree Mm -hmm. Um, but you know if you're not if you don't have disagreements or different opinions about things you know ever um, this definitely a red flag that somebody's not showing up authentically or giving their full truth in the relationship and that that 
is not sustainable. Yeah. So you got to express yourself or depress yourself. Mm. I mean, healthy relationships cannot survive with repressed feelings. So Mm -hmm. making sure you express yourself is critical. So that first thing uh, is that you have to express conflict because when you express it, it's a sign that you care about Mm. the relationship, that relationship matters. I can remember um, back in the day, an old high school coach, you know, once said, I'm like, why are you yelling at me so much? Like, you yell at me all the time. I feel like I'm doing okay. And he's like, you know, you should worry if I don't yell at you. Because if I don't yell at you, that means I don't care. The reason I'm yelling is because I care and I see that there's something in in you that I'm trying to pull out and I'm trying to get it out of you. So I'm yelling because I care. So it shows when your spouse is, is concerned and there's conflict. They care about the relationship and what's going on. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So making sure that you express yourself is number one. Uh, The second benefit to conflict is the fact that it helps enhance intimacy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how many times, you know, we have had that amazing, and we've all heard this phrase, makeup sex. (laughs) It is nothing like that makeup sex, y'all, uh, where, you know, we have had some conflict. Things have gone left and now we've twisted it back right. Uh, and the intimacy that you have when you've expressed yourself, I've expressed myself. Uh, I know you. You know me. We've made ourselves known. Uh, we've been vulnerable to one another. Uh, and now we come back together. Yeah, deeper connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Deeper connection. I understand you better. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm more connected to you. Um, you know, we, we've just, um, under, we, we, you know, connect at a deeper level. Um, so now that's how you, that's how intimacy builds, mm-hmm. um, that I, um, I, you know, like you said, into me see. Yeah. So I see into you deeper. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a stronger connection, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the third leg of that stool is the fact that conflict enhances the respect and trust level, uh, in the relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can remember, I'll go back to a, a back old school example, like in the schoolyard, you always had to have a fight with your best friend before y'all could be friends. Uh, <laughs> like in the schoolyard, all of my best friends, before we were best friends, we had to fight. That's a boy thing, maybe. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a boy thing, I don't know. <laughs> but after we fought, all of a sudden we was best friends. <laughs> and we had this amazing respect and regard for one another because, mm-hmm. you know, we had uh, gone at it. And now we're like, hey, I like you, man. We cool. That's funny because I do think in relationships, it's kind of like, oh, I think we just had our first fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I can kind of relate to that a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it enhances that uh, trust level and it enhances the respect level because, you know, what it says to me is you have the um, uh, you're you're expressing yourself, you're making yourself vulnerable uh, and you're trusting me with how you feel. You're trusting me with your truth. Uh, and I respect you for that. Uh, I honor that. And that just brings us closer in the long run. Mm-hmm. Maturity. Mm. Like, you know, you you mature in your relationship as you navigate conflict. Um, you just get better. Yeah. Um, you get richer yeah. um, in the relationship as you learn to navigate conflict. You mm. just, you know, no relationship is without 
conflict and you just get to understand each other better. You get to adjust, you get to compromise um, and you, you know, you just get to know each other better. Mm. It's like, mm -mm, that's not going to work for him, you know, and the only way you know that is because you've had, you know, differences of opinions and things like that. And so um, I like to say love grows. Yeah. Um, and it grows because we learn the stuff that works and doesn't work. And until you get, you know, get and have that stuff, that difference of opinion, and you hurt my feelings, and then have the communication to actually, you know, talk through it, um, you won't know that, you know, so your love can't grow without conflict. Mm. Yeah, yeah no, no, and I love the fact that in our relationship, for example, I know that I can trust you because you don't allow any elephants to to be in the relationship <laughs> at all. If if it's something that's bothering you, you're gonna raise the issue. Mm. If it's something that's bothering me, I'm gonna raise the issue. And I think that's one of the uh, you're um, a little slower about that. You think so? Uh, yeah. Or or <laughs> or, or <laughs> I have fewer issues. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, I definitely think uh, more things are issues to you than present as issues to me. Oh wow! Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, because I feel like if you bring something up, like it's like I have to pay attention, and you feel like I have to pay attention as well. But um, like you feel, I feel like when you bring something up. It's like a major deal because mm. it it doesn't happen that often. Um, I mean, I feel like I bring stuff up all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I think part of that is uh, just part of my makeup uh, as a, as a man. Uh, I don't necessarily, and it's not uh, repressing feelings per se. I just you know I, I just keep things moving. Mm. Uh, I don't you, you know I, I think the old adage that. Um, Women have more words to express than mm. men uh, come into play here. Uh, and I'm not necessarily looking to, you know, my my worst nightmare is to come home, park the car in the garage, get out, walk in the kitchen, put my keys on the uh, uh, table and you say, hey, I want to talk. <laughs> That's a nightmare. For That's me. not supposed to hurt my feelings. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what? <laughs> <sighs> A story for another day. <laughs> a story for another day. <laughs> yes, yes. But you have, like, you, you know, you want to go into detail and paint and color on your day and kind of talk about how things were. You know, you talk to the uh, coordinator about this. You talk to this person about this. And this is what happened. And, you know, you you, you give a lot of color in, in how you talk. You ask me how my day was. I say, fine. I know. And I keep it moving. Uh, I got other stuff to do. I so. know. We had to negotiate about that. I was like, okay, we're going to have to sit down for dinner and actually talk. Yeah. Um, I need my time because you were just like coming in. You already have an agenda for your evening yep. and what you're going to do. And it was just like, uh, hello. Yeah. Hi. Haven't seen you all day. Yeah. Would like to talk. Exactly. You see that part. That part. <laughs> That part. So that's how we we agreed we would sit down for dinner. Yeah. And then you could go into your cave. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, conflict is needed. It's necessary. It's important uh, to building those different levels of relationship and intimacy uh, with your partner. And we highly encourage you to have responsible conflict. No name calling, no throwing pots and pans at each other, but definitely expressing the truth as you experience it in the relationship 
repressed feelings cannot lead to successful relationships. Exactly. So what's the homework? So the homework this week, uh, we want to encourage you to address the elephants in your relationship as you see them. Mm. Uh, You don't have to confront everything at the same time, but pick maybe, you know, two to three things that need to be addressed that have been bugging you or bothering you uh, that can cause you heartburn and anxiety. Bring those things up and start having some responsible conversations so that we can kill the elephants across these relationships. Love it. You've got mail. So we love getting feedback from you guys. And so this week I had a conversation with someone who uh, has a a very public uh, relationship, uh, very well known in the community, and the relationship just isn't going well. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are, you know, some elements of abuse that are present. And because of the, the public facing nature of their relationship, the question was really, you know, what do I do? How, how, how do, uh, how do we uh, address this? Uh, he doesn't necessarily even see it as a problem. Mm. Um, you know, and you know, he, he's so beloved and all this sort of stuff. Uh, how do I, you know, what's a, what's the path to making this better? Uh, what do I do? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm the right part. Well, I probably am the right person to ask about that because um, it's it's pretty simple, not easy, mm. but simple for me. Um, you know, I have a low tolerance for um, abuse in relationships. Um, I don't believe it's healthy uh, for women um, to accept that kind of behavior. Um, I know it's hard. To, you know, there's so much involved, Mm. um, particularly when there's um, image and what are the people going to say? And, you know, you can you think about media um, and all of that complicates things a Mm. lot. Money, um, status. Yeah, uh, I I definitely understand that uh, makes it very complicated. Um, and, um, you know, your, uh, self-esteem and your well-being, you know, is not for sale. Yeah. And oftentimes women have a tendency to protect men, Mm. um, or the image, you know, before their own emotional and mental well-being. Yeah. Um, so why do you think that is? Um, it, it is is that just tied to uh, security in in most cases? Well, if in uh, I don't know what kind of abuse we're talking about, but you know, um, mental and emotional abuse, psychological abuse is real. Yeah, um, the manipulation um, can be very, very real, and you know, if your esteem is not has been attacked. You know, a person can really make you think you're not worthy Mm -hmm. and, you know, you are nothing without them and um, that you can't survive without them and that your life will be over if you try to do this or that, you know, they'll people won't accept you and all of this stuff. And that that becomes real, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I strongly recommend um, getting help, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, getting into a support group for mm-hmm. women who have been victimized um, by that to really um, 
work on rebuilding your mental wellness Mm -hmm. um, so that you can get to a place where your emotional and mental state is to a place where you can get to a place where you can see a path forward. Um, Because without that, it's really hard. You know, they say um, victims of abuse kind of do that cycle like seven times Mm. because it is so powerful. Yeah. It is really a cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, 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 you know, having had some experience with that, I I understand it. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, And I, and I think um, we talk a lot about this concept of you, me and us. uh, And I think uh, when people are in abusive situations, uh, it's easy to lose yourself to the relationship. Yeah. Uh, but it's so important that you have a life outside of your partner, outside of your relationship. Um, not speaking to anything inappropriate or anything like that, but that you have uh, things that you enjoy, uh, people that you enjoy spending time with, uh, other relationships outside of your intimate partner relationship, because that helps make you whole. It, it, does. it, it helps, you know, kind of bind you together. Uh, and so we firmly believe in the expression of you, me, us, and there being a distinct you, a distinct me, and a distinct us. Yeah, and you got to fight. You got to fight for yourself. Yes. You know, and I, I remember I I didn't have it. I didn't have it to fight for me. What I had was um, the ability to fight for my children, for mm. my daughter in particular. You know, I remember very distinctively I was... Um, you know, in my closet, balled up in the corner, just depleted, just emotionally depleted and was just empty. And I knew in that moment, if my daughter who might have been, I don't know, uh, three or four somewhere, you know, maybe just a young child at the time, Mm. I knew that if she needed me, like if she was looking for me and needed me, that Mm. I didn't have anything to give her at that moment. Mm. And I had to get myself together and I would never want her to be like this. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I, I would never want her to accept this from anybody. And so I didn't love myself enough to get better, but I loved her enough, right? And so that's when I started getting help. Um, it didn't matter. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about her mm. and getting myself healthy for her. And, you know, that was enough to, to start the process. And then over time, mm-hmm. then I started loving myself yeah. enough, right? Again, can't really be in a relationship halfway. Yeah. I had to get whole so mm-hmm. that I could show up fully. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, you know, could get to a place where I could love um, in a relationship. Yeah. And so I think what I'm, I'm hearing in the big takeaway that I think we want to leave um, uh, the, the listener with is uh, you can't heal a relationship with a broken you. Yeah. Uh, and so making sure that you bring yourself to completeness, you bring yourself to wholeness because healthy intimate partner relationships are about two whole people coming together to have one shared life together. Uh, But that's two whole people. Uh, And if you're not whole, you got to focus on first getting yourself together. Uh, They teach us this every time we fly on an aircraft, right? If the cabin loses air pressure, put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help 
uh, anyone else. So I don't care how cute the infant may be that you're traveling with. They want you to take care of yourself first, because if you go down, you're no help to anybody. Exactly. So um, we hope that helps. We are um, sending you prayers and be safe. You know, get yourself safe. You deserve it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are going to call that an episode. A lot of um, not much on your mind. Some good stuff about conflict. Some um, prayerful thoughts for those out there that are struggling in relationships. We hope you found that helpful. Please share this with someone um, who might find one of these segments useful. We will see you on Thursday as always. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.